1: My name is Cynthia McIntosh, and I welcome you to Nuggets O True Broadcast. On today, I want to share with you a word of discussion on the theme, God is a jealous God. Oh yes, beloveds, I want you to know today that the Bible helps us to understand this. As we study the Word, you understand that God's jealousy is not like ours. For God's jealousy is unique and original, and I hope today to share with you uh, through scripture what God's, God's jealousy is and how it affects our daily lives, whether we're saved or not saved, whether we love God or, I hate, or we hate him. Know this, that God feels very deeply about us as his creation. To help share in this discussion today, I have invited my dear brother, Christ Pastor Henry Owens, who now lives in Southern Arizona. I just recently uh, discovered that he lives here in the area and wanted to allow him to share with us today. So join us uh, in listening to this session that him and my him and I put together just to share some thoughts about the jealousy of God. Listen to this. All right, Pastor Henry, let's let's get going again on this great thing, the God who is jealous. Let's talk about Exodus 34 and uh, 10 through the 16th verse. This is the context of Scripture where it says... For you shall worship no other God. This is verse 14. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Tell us about that text.
2: When you look at the word, the key words in the text is the word worship and the word jealous. And I want to give you just a a quick definition of the word worship. The word worship, it means to fall down before or bow down before. Uh, Worship is a state of attitude of spirit. Uh, Worship is an internal, individual action. Mm -hmm. And so when God spoke in that place, what He was letting the children of Israel know is that He did not want them to actually connect with, come in contact with, intermarry with... Mm -hmm. The 10 tribes that were around them yes uh, in the land that we call promise in the land the promised land.
1: Yes And the reason
2: why is because worship uh, is a taught. It is something that is taught to you. Mm-hmm. It is something that you learn And so the amazing thing is is God said what he did not want is idolatry. Now, idolatry in the natural is adultery, mm-hmm. so the natural for idolatry is adultery, and the spiritual for adultery is idolatry mm-hmm. and so what happens is is in a relationship, whether it be a relationship on the earth when a man and a woman if a if a man or a woman goes outside of the relational bond that okay. is called that is called uh, adultery, yeah. And so since God, we are the bride of Christ, if we go after any other God, that God calls that idolatry, but he put it on that same relational line. Wow. And so uh, he was letting them know that what happens is, is that if you fall into an idolatrous relationship. It literally that teaching that learning that training can pass down from one generation to another generation yes and so God did not want that uh, that 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 teaching that understanding to come into and contaminate once again his chosen people because wow. he wanted to keep them relationally pure yes and so uh uh, it it, <laughs> it was God's best for them, but as you know, uh, the children of Israel, just like we do today, yes, they the enemy constantly spoke to them or tricked them to make them believe they had something that they already had that they did not have. That and wow. so they went into the the they intermarried with and went into the other tribes, and what happened was. Is that God, the jealous God, that is jealous over the relationship. The The same God that blessed them. That same God ending up punishing them for their idolatrous acts. And so that's where, you know, the Bible picks up even in Exodus 25 and 6. And it says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me now now listen at that mm-hmm. god says he visits the iniquity iniquity is always known as sin of the heart it is yes. always internal yes so it speaks to us of relationship and so god is saying to the third or fourth generation meaning that that as i was saying before that that training that teaching it is, it is something that is passed down. It is handed down from father to son. We saw that even with Solomon. Solomon, who, this was a man that had more women in his life than any other man that I would know in the Bible.
1: Yes, he did. Having
2: well over a thousand women in his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what happened was, his earthly relationship with all of these wives and concubines led one of the wisest men that we know in the Bible into idolatry. He
1: did, yeah.
2: And that same spirit, once it entered into his family line, passed down from one son to the next son to the next son. It became generational, like God spoke about in Exodus 20 and 5 through 6. And so he said, but here's the amazing thing about God. His wrath doesn't last. His anger doesn't last. And that's the so wonderful thing about God. Yes. Is that (laughs) I would rather fall into the hands of a living God. (laughs) Yes. Than into the hands of an angry man or a woman. Simply because God always governs out or distributes out his wrath with grace. And that doesn't make sense to the mind. Right. But it is real. God always gets to a point where he says, that's enough. Right. Because he then turns around in verse number six and says, but his grace and his mercy extends to a thousand generations. Yes. So to measure that and to balance that, he said three or four generations, you can experience that anger. But thousands of generations of those that love me. And that's the amazing thing about the God we serve.
1: So you said earlier, and I want to hear you expound more on this. The land. Mm hmm. That God blessed his people with was full of idolatrous people. Yes. You would think, God wouldn't do that, but he does, doesn't he? Yes. Why do you think, why, why did God remove them and then let them get there versus them get into the land, them drive them out, mm-hmm. and then have them be tempted with what I call peer pressure? Yes. Because you mentioned earlier that they thought that maybe these people had something they didn't have. Why do you think God took them through that process, Pastor Henry?
2: Well, God actually commanded the man of God, Joshua, to drive out the enemy. Yes, he did. He told them to. And uh, so he had given them the strength, the power of the anointing to drive the enemy out. Uh, They did not go to the fullest extent that God had commanded them to go. And allow their enemy to say, But the amazing thing about God, and I've always said this, and I just really believe this, is that God will never unemploy himself. What I mean by that <laughs> okay. is this.
1: Is like in the him. lives
2: of people, the reason why uh, you have an adversary mm-hmm. known as the devil
1: yes. is
2: because an adversary literally drives you to pray. Mm. If a believer did not have an adversary, a believer would not pray. Uh, simply because they would have nothing to pray about, mm-hmm. and in so in having a reason to pray, <laughs> yes, then it drives a believer to their knees to pray. Here's the amazing thing: just a quick story. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a a man that he he told me something that was very powerful that speaks to this in having a believer having a reason to pray. He said a man wanted to put catfish into his private pond. Yes. So he went down to the lake, he went fishing and when he went fishing he caught a number of catfish and then he brought them back but he noticed when he got them back home the catfish were dead. Yes. And he kept wondering why are these fish dying like this? And so he went and he did it again because he thought maybe he didn't have enough air in the water. It wasn't oxygenated enough. Right. And so the fish were dying because the air with the water wasn't oxygenated. So he caught the fish again. He hooked it up. They have enough oxygen and he got the fish home and they were the catfish were dead again. Mm-hmm. He said, what is going on? So he's perplexed. An older man came to him and said, what's the problem? He said, I want to bring some catfish home because I want to stock my private pond. Yes. He said, but every time I get them home, they're dead. He said, okay, here's what you have to do. He said, catch your catfish. He said, but catch one pike. Okay. The pike are a very ravenous fish. Yes. He said, if you catch one pike, what you'll find is that when you get home, your catfish will be alive. He said, no, the pike is going to eat my fish. Yes. He said, no, do like I said. And so the man Caught his catfish, caught one pike, put it in the bucket. When he got the fish home, he noticed that his catfish were still alive.
1: Okay.
2: What he found out is, is that if the catfish didn't have a reason to swim, okay. that they would sit and die. Wow. By putting the pike in the bucket, okay. the pike kept the fish moving. And so God understands, <laughs> and that's only in this life, If we didn't have the adversary known as the devil, that believer would literally allow their relationship to wax cold. They would have no reason to stay on fire. They would have no reason to move. And so that's what I really want uh, the believers to understand is this. And this is what I want you to take away from this session is that the devil is only your adversary in the earth realm. In the realm of the spirit, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Henry. Well, beloveds, I hope you enjoyed that session on today with Pastor Henry. He brought out some great truths about the story of a great man of God, the wisest man that the Bible says ever lived. But he allowed the enemy to guide him into a life of idolatry, where he began to place the, the gods of his concubines before the gods of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I share this truth today even more because sometimes we are led astray by the people we love. Beloved, we've got to separate our flesh from our spiritual lives. We cannot let our heart-based relationship with people lead us outside of the will and plan of God for our life. We've got to keep God first so that not only we are blessed, but our generations ahead of us are blessed. Beloved, I've got to go. If you want to hear this session again, please go online to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com God bless you, and hope to share again
0: with y'all next week. Three-star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.